from the Auto Line Studios. Here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. The discussion topic for today's show is all about trucks and utility vehicles. The newest ones, the ones that just came out this year. In fact, the best of the newest ones that just came out. And that's because I've got three jurors from the North American Truck and Utility of the Year Award. Also, Carr, we'll get to that later in the show. But let me introduce the three I've got today. Jeff Gilbert with WWJ News Radio 950 in Detroit. Mike Austin with Autoblog. And Ron Sessions with AutoWeb.com. Great having all three of you here. Now, we should have uh, uh, explained to the audience, we started out as a jury of roughly 53 journalists from throughout the United States and Canada that are in radio and TV and print and online and just about anything that you can think of. And we've whittled this truck list down of everything that's come out this year to, to three finalists. And let me... St- Put out the three finalists, and then we'll get into the discussion of them. And they are, of course, the Nissan Titan XD pickup, the Volvo XC90 sport utility vehicle, and the Honda Pilot sport utility vehicle. And Ron Sessions, why don't I start with you? Nissan Titan XD. Why should, of all the different trucks and utilities that came out this year, why should the XD be on the finalist list? Well, for starters, it's a truck. <laughs> what, a, what a concept, a truck winning the truck yeah, category. It has, it has a bed in the back to put dirty stuff and a cab for people to ride in. Um, and it's also trying something new. They're, they're leading uh, with a tweener-sized vehicle. So it's, in theory, somewhere between a half-ton and three-quarter ton, or a 1500 and a 2500 series pickup. So it has a, some of the ride quality and some of the size and, and, and load-carrying attributes of a 1500, yet it's got a little more towing capacity, and it's got this crazy diesel engine from the storied diesel maker Cummins of uh, Indiana, I think, you know, Cummins V8, which, which rattles under the hood there and sounds like a truck should. So it's, it's a very interesting competitor. Mm-hmm. Mike, what do you think? Why, why should the Nissan Titan XD be on the finalist list? Uh, yeah, I mean, the case for it is a, is a lot like Ron said. It, is, it's, it straddles the line between light duty and heavy duty, but it's actually, it's like, I think, 800 or 850 pounds. In gross vehicle weight rating, the the overall number they use to determine you know where a, a truck falls, it's just barely over that threshold. But they they overbuilt it. They you know they wanted to make sure it didn't break. It's it's built like a heavy duty truck. It rides like a heavy duty truck. And um, I mean I think the the appeal here is it's something different because it's not quite all that capability. But depending on where the pricing comes in, you could expect it to be uh, competitive against a gasoline three quarter ton or a really nice gasoline half-ton with similar towing capacity. So it's, it's really about the diesel for this car, truck. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jeff? Uh, it shouldn't. I didn't give it any points. Not that it's a bad vehicle. It's a very nice vehicle. It's a very good pickup truck. But I don't see tweener equating to groundbreaking, which I think it would have to be for a pickup truck to compete against all of the great crossovers and SUVs out there in what really is the year of the crossover. So my points went to a bunch of different crossovers and unfortunately the pickup, uh, the XD, as good as it was, it didn't make the cut in my book. Why do you guys think that it did make the the finalist list then? I mean, you know, Ron and and Mike, you guys have given all the accolades. Jeff, why do you think it made the list anyway, though? I think it made the list because, as they mentioned, it is a truck, it is a pickup, and we jurors, uh, you didn't quite explain it, but we have 25 points to allocate, and as you're going through there, I mean, I changed my mind three or four times as I'm going through the final, final voting, so I think a lot of people looked at it and said, 
we need a pickup truck on this list just so we have a true truck, but I really don't think it's going to get enough votes to win Utility of the Year. I think one other thing that, yeah, that, that benefited Nissan is this truck has just come out very late in 2015. So it's all fresh in our minds. And it's like when uh, the Academy Award goes to give the Oscars. You, what came out in January, boy, that was so long ago. It's the latest stuff that tends to do well. I'm thinking maybe there's a little bit of that going And I'm not on. knocking it. It's no, a great it's, truck. It's a, it's a great truck. vehicle. I just don't see it as groundbreaking and a truck of the year. There were some other trucks on there. Uh, the Toyota Tacoma, for example, which is a significant refresh. Mike, why didn't that make the list? You know, I don't think it, it wasn't enough of a refresh, maybe. You know, like, uh, if you look closely and if you ask the right people, the windshield might be the same windshield as the old truck. And, uh, you know, the, the engine is largely the same. They found a lot of efficiencies and they improved it, but it drives the same. It has, you know, similar faults. You have a truck, in the case of the V6, you have a truck with an engine that has a lot of high-end power and not enough low-end grunt, and they didn't fix that. I mean, it's a great truck. It's very appealing, but it's not, it's not groundbreaking by any means. But at the same time, the, 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 the Tacoma owns the compact and mid-sized truck uh, category with more than 50% of sales. I think, I think it outsells the combined uh, total of Canyon and Colorado two to one. So it is a force in the market. Now, they're very popular out west for off-roading and so forth. They've got a, a loyal following and a, and a great reputation for durability. That, that's uh, the surprise to me, too, why this truck didn't make the finalist list, because the Titan... I mean, when the Titan first came out, uh, gosh, when was that? You know, 10 years ago or more. I, I think uh, it sales peaked at just over 90,000 for the year. This year, they'll be lucky to sell 12,000. I mean, that's how much the sales have come down. And to, and to your point, the Tacoma dominates that compact pickup segment. And I'm one of the guys who gave the Tacoma a few points because it was my token pickup truck, so to, so to speak. <laughs> I don't think it's going to win, but I think it was a nice vehicle and a nice refresh and was deserving of at least a few points. Okay, let's go to uh, another vehicle that made it to the finalist list. And then, of course, we should let the audience know the winners will be announced at the Detroit Auto Show. So that's just right around the corner. We'll know that. But Jeff, why don't I start with you with the Honda Pilot? Honda Pilot was an excellent vehicle, an excellent crossover. It didn't get my most votes. I'll tell you about that when you uh, mention the other vehicle that's a, <laughs> that's a finalist on the list. But I thought it was a nice update. It was a vehicle that Honda had kind of let fall out of favor because they made it too trucky in an era of crossovers. And to me, the Pilot is a great vehicle for somebody who needs a minivan but doesn't want to have the minivan stigma. So it has that utility that you would get with a minivan, but it's still an SUV, it's still a crossover. So it's a great family vehicle. Mike, what, what do you think of that? You know, the Pilot crept up on me because it is, it, it, it's a little bit, um, the styling doesn't really stand out a lot. They put more chrome on it, but it's still clearly a Pilot. Um, but at the, when we had the, the Hell Drive, all of the jurors get together uh, in Hell, Michigan, and there's a lot of the cars available for us to go drive them out over the course of three days. And um, the pilot really wowed me with, with, the way, with the ride and handling. You know, you go over a bump, all of the other SUVs had some kind of head toss, and the pilot was just really smooth over that. And, and this is compared to luxury SUVs, maybe because they had too big of wheels or something, and the, that compromised the ride. But the, the refinement and the, the smoothness and the quietness of the pilot really, uh, that's what crept up on me is like, this is really exceptional in addition to all of the convenience and space that it has. 
Ron, your thoughts on the Honda Pilot? You know, I have to say that if I have, was, was to have recommend one of these vehicles to, you know, a friend or a neighbor, uh, uh, the Pilot would be high on the list. You know, they, they've got a great reputation for durability. Uh, and also this year they, they've incorporated a lot of new safety features that should be key in the minds of uh, uh, people with families. They're using this vehicle as a, as a minivan substitute, as, as Jeff said. And um, it, is, uh, it is quite impressive in that regard. Honda had another vehicle on the list that didn't make it to the finalists, the HRV. Why didn't it make it? Well, you know, I was a lover of the, of the last generation Fit, Honda Fit. I thought it was just a great little car, especially in, in the sport version. Uh, and I figured, boy, you know, doing a crossover off the Honda Fit is slam dunk. But when they went to the new generation Fit, I think they lost some of the, the, um, the driving enjoyment with that car. And it, 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 the Honda CR, the Honda HRV um, is... It doesn't excel in any one thing. You know, it's got more room than many of the other small crossovers, but the driving experience is just sort of medium. Any other thoughts? Or I'll throw another one out there that uh, could have easily made the list, possibly, the, the Mazda CX-3. It was nice. It and the HRV are very nice small crossovers, which are a hot segment. But again, we're talking truck utility of the year. And you heard Ron kind of grasping, trying to remember what he liked about the uh, about the HRV. Same thing with the Mazda. It was it was nice. It was a little bit sportier. But boy, when you get into what I give my points for, usually that's something that jumps out and grabs you by the throat. And neither of those vehicles did. And you know, to some point, it might be this segment isn't really recognized by the jurors, maybe because of that truckness. I mean, it from a, a sales standpoint, it's it's big and it's going to grow. But I, I feel like for me personally, I drive the HRV and I think I'd kind of rather have a fit. And uh, that's a little out of step with the greater buying public. They love SUVs. They want the higher driving position. The HRV is going to sell like crazy. So is the CX-3. But I, from the juror's mindset, maybe that was a, a hurdle those two didn't get over. That's interesting because in the market right now, the HRV has killed sales of the fit. Ever since it came out, yeah. that's what the public has gone to is the HRV. Sales of the Fit right now are going nowhere. But I didn't like the HRV for one reason. It, it's nicely packaged. It's very, you know, uh, usable. But I found it noisy and buzzy. And that's one thing that's really starting to come across this year especially. As we get in the luxury car, cars, they've always been quiet. And, that, and then it moved down to the mid-class. Now we're seeing as we get into low, more entry-level kinds of vehicles, Man, are they getting nice and quiet and solid. HRV did not have that. And so that's why, I, in, my, in my book, it didn't make it. A couple of others that I, I thought were, were quite competitive that didn't make it either, though, the Hyundai Tucson and uh, the Ford Edge. Any thoughts on those cars? You know, there's, there's a lot of bandwidth in the Hyundai Tucson. There's the base model, which I think has about a 2.4-liter uh, engine. And then there's the Limited with the turbocharged 1.6-liter and the DC the dual-clutch transmission. That feels more like uh, something, an offshoot of an Audi or a Volkswagen in terms of its dynamic capabilities. It's uh, much more enjoyable to drive than, than the base Hyundai Tucson. But they've, they've tightened up the body. They've, they've lightened it. Um, it's, it. It's a contender. I'm surprised it's not in one of the top three slots. Mm -hmm. uh, two things to me is that it, it's a, the segment had a lot of, the whole, the whole list before we got down to the final three, it was a lot of great cars, but maybe none that didn't stand out. And so for me, I think maybe the Edge and the Hyundai and the Kia Sportage kind of split that, 
mid-size SUVs, Vivo, where they're all great SUVs, better than the one before, and, and the Korean ones especially are really moving it in terms of uh, you know, where the brand perception is. But uh, for me, it wasn't enough to say these, are, you know, these stand out amongst a really you know, solid field. And also realize, they're, they're, as you mentioned, they're all great vehicles, but they're hurt by the competition. As you're looking through this list and you have 25 points to give to 10 or 11 cars, you may be sitting down there doing this and going, eh, yeah, I like that, but no, nah, I think I'll move it here. Eh, I think I'll move it there. I think I'll move that. So it, it, it's very much a moving target in a vehicle like the Tucson or the Edge. They're really good, but then you look at some of the other vehicles on the list and go, no, I'm sorry, that's a little better. What about Jeep Renegade? I mean, that's a brand new entry to the, the segment. Uh, it kind of moves the needle, but it didn't make the finalist list. And it sound like gang- it's selling like gangbusters. Yeah. I think it's outselling the Fiat 10 to 1, mm-hmm. the Fiat that's based on the same platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at, at the same time, in its effort to be sort of have this Jeepness about it, it's, it's, it's a bit crude, you know, in regular driving. You know, it's, it's a bit noisy. Um, the ride is, 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 is uh, not real smooth. And also, there's, there's, to get that styling, they've got tremendous blind spots, like, for example, in the windshield pillars. There's, there's, there's some compromises done for style that hurt its everyday usability. Mm-hmm. And one word we haven't brought up yet that is very important in our instructions on what to vote for is value. Mm-hmm. And that vehicle I thought was very nice, but I thought it was a bit overpriced. I mean, it's a fairly expensive small Jeep. Yeah, value counts for a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to the the one finalist on the list that we have not yet talked about. And Jeff, I know you're dying to talk about it, the Volvo XC90. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that was a vehicle, you, you go in with expectations on a certain thing. Sometimes they're high and you go, oh, sometimes they meet expectations. Well, this was a vehicle that I went in with fairly low expectations and I went, wow, the interior is beautiful. Uh, things are well laid out. I really did like what Volvo did with the iPad-like interface. It seems like what Cadillac should have done with Q all along. And one of the things I love about this award is we have a very diverse jury. Some people are wowed by different things. There are people who are gearheads. There are people who are into styling. I'm a guy who's into interiors and technology, and the XC90 wowed me on both. And you know what? It's also important for Volvo because Volvo had fallen off the map, and this makes it a player again. Yeah. Mike? I mean, going on, on Jeff's point about Volvo had fallen off the map, they, they had kind of disappeared. And the XC90 is, it's, you know, it's beautiful on the inside and out. The styling is, is amazing. The material quality is amazing. But there's, to me, it, it had like a couple extra points because this signifies where Volvo is going and what the future is. It's an all-new platform, all-new powertrains, and that's, uh, you know, that, that knowledge and the, the goodness that's in the XC90 is hopefully going to continue on as it spreads through the rest of the Volvo lineup. Ron, your thoughts? Well, I'd, I'd agree with everything that my two colleagues said. This is a, such an important vehicle for Volvo. I mean, for years and years, Volvo had safety leadership. Everybody knew that Volvo's had the most advanced safety technology, and now everybody's pretty much caught up in most areas. So Volvo had to find something new, a reason to buy, and, and certainly it's drop-dead gorgeous on the outside. It has, it has styling cues from all things the P1800 sports car of the 60s, you know, with that broad oval grille and uh, some things. Do you done think you'd ever world. say that about an SUV? No, no. <laughs> they, they, they somehow managed to do that. And the interior is just drop-dead gorgeous, too. And that uh, census interface is uh, lovely to use once you learn how to use it. You know, it's, it's different than most 
Um, but I think they're going to do quite well. Um, there are a few, you know, ride and uh, you know, it's it's a bit noisy over over bumps. You know, there's a few things few things they can improve there with this with the suspension. But overall, I think that they've done a fantastic job. To me, this was one of the most uh, anticipated vehicles of the year for me, and it gets back to what you guys were talking about. As you all know, about eight years ago, Volvo had been owned by the Ford Motor Company. And as it, it avoided bankruptcy, but one of the ways it avoided it was getting rid of car companies that it had owned, like Jaguar and Land Rover and Volvo. And Volvo's been essentially sitting out there now for eight years with nothing new. Chinese group Geely came in and bought it. And as you all know, it takes years to develop a new vehicle. And so I was, I was dying to get in this thing, see what is it like? It, it, does Volvo lost its mojo? Do they still know how to do new cars? Have the new Chinese owners meddled a little too much in, in the design and engineering of it? And the answer is absolutely not. This is 100% of Volvo. 100% of it comes out of Sweden. I think they knocked it out of the park with this thing. And if this is a signal of what is yet to come in the rest of the Volvo line, this company's going to look really good in just a couple of years' time. It was smart for Gili to keep the Volvo design and engineering team in place because they, they know how to do these things. You know, if, if you go to China and you see all the high aspiration vehicles are European brands, you know, Mercedes, Audi, BMW, et cetera. So why would you, why would you tinker with, with Volvo? Just, just give them the money and let them do what they know how to do. Right. Very good. So now, uh, because we've been talking about trucks and utilities, but there's another part of the award, the car of the year. And we've said that we'd give you guys a, a chance to talk about those finalists, too. So let me read the finalists, and then we'll get into them. And the finalists are the Honda Civic, the Chevrolet Malibu, and the Mazda MX-5. Ron, let's start with you. Why Civic? Why did it make the finalist list? Well, boy, I mean, it was it was the first modern compact, you know, small car. The 1973 Civic just set everybody back to the drawing boards, you know, with with the Honda made it simple. And now this is the tenth generation of that car. And uh, the last version of the vehicle, they were sort of trying to, uh, you know, take some cost out of the car and, and cheap it up in materials and the ride and so forth. And people were, you know, they were still selling them because they had some owner loyal owners, but they, they, Honda kind of lost its mojo. But with this new vehicle, they, they targeted the, the ride and handling of, of European cars. Uh, they, they brought in a lot of safety uh, uh, technology, brought it down from the Honda Accord and other more expensive Hondas, sort of democratized those features, and uh, gave, gave it this racy coupe-like uh, you know, roof line with a, with a broad uh, grille. I think it's a very handsome car. It's, it's hard of market, all new powertrain, Honda's first turbocharged engine ever. Uh, th there's a lot to like here. That's saying something. Their first turbo ever. Mike, what do you think about it, the Civic? You know, I, I, I like it a lot. I think it's, Honda has a lot of cars in their history where, you know, if you love driving, it, it's, it's a great car to drive, even though it still hits the mainstream. That was kind of the secret sauce of Honda. And, and the Civic has, has done that in a way that the previous Civic hasn't. So, um, you know, for, for someone who loves driving and worries about people not caring about cars enough or, or you know, what's important about cars, this is a car that um, you know, will appeal to that mass market, but also maybe teach people a couple things. 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree with everything they said, but add a couple of things. I was more impressed, I got a chance to drive an entry-level trim and a top-of-the-line touring trim. I was more impressed with the entry-level trim and what it had, and then they let me drive a touring trim, and it was like, oh, that's the top of the line, okay. So the, the entry-level was great. The touring trim didn't quite seem like it had reached the point that I would expect the top-of-the-line uh, compact vehicle to be with what people's expectations were, and there were a few ease of use things like the infotainment system, the radio, things like that. But other Talk than a little that... little bit more about that because a lot of people have criticized that it's that little touch screen for the it's radio. It's a little touch screen with the radio. It is not physically attractive. It's kind of, you know, it kind of has the old black and white-ish kind of look to it. And one of the most difficult things is just a simple thing, like if someone's talking to you and you want to turn down the radio, you've got to go bop, 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 bop on the button, and if you don't hit it right, it doesn't do it. So, and I if mean, you're driving down the road right. and your finger's bouncing around, it's hard to hit that right. exact spot. Yeah, these are first world problems. Yeah. I mean, it's not something <laughs> that the car's going to leave you by the side of the road, but it's something you'd think they would have done a better job on. I mean, it, it, it's taking a few points off an otherwise great car. That's the curse of the touchscreen, too. There's a lot of things that previous if you had a button, it's one push away, and on this, it's two pushes away, and that's a little bit of distraction. And for Honda, uh, you know, for a company with cars and products that have really good ergonomics, the radio is a giant black sore spot. Mm -hmm. And I think we've learned there's nothing wrong with a knob. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but, that, but that said, it comes ready for, for Apple CarPlay and uh, Android Auto, which is big. Yeah, okay. People want to have their phone, you know, screen on, in their car. Let's go to the next one on the list. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Chevrolet Malibu. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the Malibu, I'll be honest. Um, I, I, but I thought it didn't move the needle enough. But it's another car like the Civic where you have the previous one wasn't so good. They made a huge leap forward. Um, you know, it has a new engine in it. It has fantastic styling. The, the interior design and the materials are good. Um, it's, it's ready to play in the segment, whereas, you know, the other one, uh, even if you look at the history, Chevy almost, you know, very quietly kind of admitted that it wasn't that good. So um, I think this one's here because it's, it's such a huge leap forward and it, it's got a lot of impressive features in it. Jeff? I slaved over whether or not to give that vehicle points, and I didn't. I actually, the points I was going to give to the Malibu, I gave to the other finalists, the MX-5, is, is going back and forth. Uh, and, and I'm going to be eager to drive it again to see what I think, what did I miss in this vehicle? Because obviously as a finalist, and I'm going to myself, there's something in this vehicle that I missed, so I'm eager to give it another drive before we vote in the finalists. It was a very nice mid-sized car. I wasn't wowed by it, but I want to I want to take another run by it to see what I missed. And your thoughts, Ron? It's it's a, it's the first iteration of an all new platform at GM, and they've they've really done a great job with with tightening up the structure. They're using uh, structural adhesives. They're using uh, different uh, materials in the body, and also a greater use of high strength steel. Um, and also, they've just tightened up the the handling. You know, the the steering uh, and the ride and handling is much improved over the last version. Um, it's a, it's a drop-dead gorgeous car inside and out, and the, and the thing that really sold it for me was the hybrid version, which was unexpected. Uh, you know, just, this is anecdotally, I mean, just driving the car around for about 50 miles or so, I was getting uh, observed fuel economy in the low 40s, which is close to what a Volt gets when, when it's not on its uh, uh, plug-in phase. 
So, so yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Okay, let's get to uh, the last of the finalists for the car. Jeff, you, you mentioned it first, the Mazda MX-5. Yeah, I, I uh, gave it points at the last minute because as I'm thinking about it, I'm remembering how much fun I had with that car last summer. It's a great vehicle. It's well done. It was nicely updated, but continued the spirit of the original, and it's lasted where there have been so many entries in that category that have come and gone. I just give Mazda a lot of credit for having an affordable, fun, little two-seat open-air car when, you know, in, until the Fiat arrives in the market, which is essentially the same car, it has it to itself. Yeah. Mike? I, I think, I mean, Jeff and I seem to be in agreement on the Malibu, and we're in agreement on the, on the MX-5. For me, it was partially that driving fun, like, you know, how did they make it better than the one before? And it really is. But for, it's also a big part of it to me is that commitment to the brand values and, and saying, this is how we're going to build cars. And that, um, that sort of dedication to, to believing in a, a single way to do, not a single way to do things, but in, in believing that that's the right way to do things without necessarily following the market or, or uh, you know, bowing down to different trends or movements in the segment and just saying, this is a good car. We're going to make something good and people will come to it. And I think that'll happen. Okay, Ron, real fast. Oh, credit to Mazda for keeping the small affordable sports car alive and doing a bang up job of doing it. So uh, it's gorgeous inside and out, and uh, I think it'd be uh, one, of, one of the top contenders for North American Car of the Year. I'm kind of like Jeff. I thought, man, I'm not going to give it because it's a two seat sports car and it doesn't appeal to as wide an audience as I think the award should. And then I went, no, I had so much fun in the car. Okay, now I'm going to put you all on the spot. Which car, and I'm going to start with you, Jeff. Of the three finalists that we talk about, predict who's going to win. Predict, I think it's going to be the uh, Honda Civic. That's prediction. Mike? I'm sticking with the MX-5. Okay. And Ron? I'm torn between the MX-5 and the Civic, but I'll say the Civic because of its mass market appeal. Okay. Now let's go to uh, the trucks, and we'll go in reverse order. Which one of the trucks and utilities that we talked about is going to win? I think it's Volvo's year. Okay. Mike? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, if I had to guess on the winner, not on my own vote, I'll say the Volvo. Yeah. My vote and my guess is the Volvo. Yeah. Okay. Boy, this is starting to turn unanimous. I vote for the, the Volvo XC92. I think it's going to win. My prediction is the Honda Civic will win car of the year. We're going to know very shortly here. This is all going to be announced at the North American International Auto Show. It's one of the first events that kick off that show is announcing the winners that none of us on the jury know yet. Of course, we still got one more vote to go. So I want to thank all three of you for having come on today. Jeff Gilbert with WWJ News Radio 950. Mike Austin with Autoblog. Ron Sessions with AutoWeb.com. Great having the three of you here today. And of course, I want to thank all of you for having tuned in.